Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Everybody, welcome. Welcome. We're so glad to be here. I would just like to say that no matter how challenging the day is, Amen. What a wonderful way to spend an hour, isn't it? With the two youths that are at this I table know, with I me. I do really, really enjoy yeah. being with <laughs> so you guys. Thank I do. you guys for being you. The, the two you. youths. Oh, well, I mean, the one youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm a youth. But, uh, Fran and I were discussing earlier. She's like texting Becky and I at like six goddamn thirty in the morning on Sunday about yep. when are we recording this week and what do we what can we change? And then she sent like a Catwoman emoji for some reason. Yep, and, cracking a whip. Yeah, yeah cracking a whip. You know what? I was cleaning my dentures at that time and so I get up early she says she just doesn't sleep anymore and I yeah. said well how else are you going to get the blue light special at the millstone if you don't I if you're mean, not there at five yeah, if you're not going to sleep I mean people who sleep the Sundays away don't do that I'm oh, just right. saying that is why my phone is often on do not disturb Brody <laughs> I feel I feel like a victim here I really yeah. do okay okay there's I just, no there's no imposter about this okay. I am gonna I'm gonna tell you Uh-oh. something because I feel like we've reached this level of intimacy with our listeners. Oh, I'm going to because part of getting older is you get constipated. Okay. Oh my god, I didn't know that, Brody. You didn't know that? No. Okay. Well, we well, do. So I think we've. Do you think we're at the point, Becky? Oh, where, hashtag prunes. I bet that's why. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just that just connected I, that dot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we're there. Let's talk about your pooping, Fran. Okay. So okay. So what happened was I was on a trip to Italy with my daughter. And I couldn't poop for days. Like you I had the know. travel constipation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that like the COVID? No, it's like the COVID. <laughs> that is a thing, though. Travel constipation. Well, because you don't want to poop on the plane, so you I don't mean, want to poop on a plane. And then there's just so much hustle and bustle when you get off the plane. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. But imagine I'm eating like pizza and pasta and gelato, oh. and I'm getting bloatier and bloatier and bitchier and oh. bitchier. Right. So I go to this Italian pharmacy, and this lady is just like, "Take this little pill, and it'll all be great." So. So anyway, I take the pill and then Camille and I get on the speed train and we're going like 200 and some miles per hour. And I start <laughs> pooping to just... on the train is worse than pooping <laughs> on the plane. But let me just tell you, I was real. I looked really pretty that day. I had a little Aww. floral dress you on. You almost always look pretty. No, FYI. No, no, no. Yes, you do. It but was anyway, just a cute little form fitting mm-hmm. dress. And I felt kind of pretty. Anyway, then I was had that pasty sweat because I knew uh-huh. if I don't oh, find a bathroom yeah. like in a second, I'm going to sp- stain yeah. my floral dress. So. <laughs> I find the bathroom and it was it was like a spiritual experience. Like everything, <laughs> everything. she traveled to different dimensions. <laughs> I saw angels. All I gotta say is everything I ate in Italy for two weeks came out my butt. On the train. On the train. On the train. So while she gave this birth happened, to a twelve pound poop. You guys, I was like I'm just so relieved. I didn't even flush the toilet. I was just in oh awe. Oh, my God. So wait. Just wait, Brody. What kind of degenerate no, are you? I was still sitting on the toilet. Okay. I was just like Oh, dizzy. you're just a basking yes. in the afterglow? Yes. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm so been there. 
So my, no wait, my pants, panties are on the ground. Uh-huh. I hiked out my floral dress and I am mid-wipe. And the toilet isn't flushed yet. Okay. Oh, I, oh, no, does no. everybody have this visual? Yeah. Okay. Oh no. Okay, the door opens and there is the most beautiful Italian man I have ever seen in my life. Oh no. I am mid-wipe. Oh, no. He looks at me and I look at him and he just closes his eyes and just slowly shakes his head <laughs> like in this very sort of like, I, I don't even know what to do with you look right now. How about close the door, and then yeah. we, Antonio? What he did was, no, he put, it had like one of those locks up above and he uh. gently showed me how to do it. And then he said, you got a lock of the door. <laughs> Meanwhile, my panties are still on the ground and mm-hmm. I'm mouth wide open. Yeah. So, what this were you has, speechless for the first time? Uh, well, I told Camille I'm jumping off the speed train. I hope, I, you know, it was nice being your mom, but I'm it's out. Been a good run. There is no way. If I would have saw him, I would have jumped off the speed train oh, when I got goodness. out of there. But anyway, this has nothing to do with imposter syndrome. Right. Is, Hang on. Whoa, we Wait. can't transition that hard. I, I got like three jokes lined up. So, I, know, I expected right? him to open the door and be like, Baba da Boo. But but also, it's good that you're not a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. I mean, at least maybe for a minute he thought you were Italian, but just like, no. Yeah. No. Somewhere back in the lineage. (laughs) God. Oh, my goodness, Fran. I'm sorry that, I really am sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as your story the other day with the bathroom, but. um, Thanks for bringing that up. So I'm at work and we have what I call the poop stall, which means it has one toilet and a lock on the door. Yeah. And that's where I like to go and poop and return emails and i am <laughs> simultaneously that's enlightening now, now yeah I, exactly yeah, that all makes sense, right? mind, as a therapist if you have a moment to go to the bathroom you might get two minutes in between yeah. sessions if you get any time and so i'm always returning emails but anyway i hear voices there's another door there like right to the left of the the toilet and i hear voices behind that door but i'm like whatever i don't know what's behind that door and door so, number three door number three and so um all of a sudden the door opens as I'm sitting there with, again, pants and panties yeah. on the ground. <laughs> and I went, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and the, I don't, it was a woman, I think, and she was like, oh! And I'm like, ah! So I was so angry. I, was like, I felt like I've, I've paid my dues with not being able to poop by myself. Yeah. Like my kids are older now. They have no interest in following me to the bathroom. Right. Um, the dog doesn't even follow me to the bathroom. Like I've paid my dues. Give me my two minutes of peace in between sessions yes. to poop and return emails. And, uh, you know, coffee, coffee is nature scrub brush. Mm-hmm. And I had had my coffee for the day. But, I was so okay, mad. But I was this, so mad. There's a common denominator here, and that at six minutes into this podcast, this is all the farther we've gotten. Uh, that just lock the damn door. Oh, no, here's the what deal. are you doing? I, so the door I that opened not. on she me, did. the door that opened on me, has a lock on the other side. So I know it's like to the storage room or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no ability (laughs) to lock in the butler's pantry. (laughs) What is? It's it's very spacious. (laughs) You 
can get real comfortable. It has a little it has a little hook. So on a day like today where I'm yeah. wearing a shawl and I don't uh-huh. want to drop it in the toilet, I have a little hook for my shawl. Okay. But yeah, there, I'm just glad I wasn't wearing a romper like I wore to work yesterday. Because oh. when you wear a romper, you got to take it all yes, off. Yes, yeah. that's right. So when I was using the bathroom yesterday, I'm like, oh, thank God. Yes. Nothing happened today. But you know what? I feel really good because what we've taught people now is number one, lock the door when you take a shit. And number yeah. two, <laughs> don't under any circumstances wear a romper. There's really no good reason. Oh, I, I like my romper. No. You remember the onion? Is, does the onion I love the exist? onion. Yeah, my favorite. It's my favorite. I have two favorite headlines. One is government cuts funding for the tank shaped like a stegosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad about that. But my other favorite one is, "'Twas hubris that brought me here," said girl naked in toilet wearing a romper. And by the way, if you've never checked out the Onion satirical newspaper, please do. Please do. The first one I ever read was a couple was mad at Jesus Christ because he didn't spend enough time at their wedding. And there was a direct quote from Jesus going, listen, I had a lot to do that day. (laughs) And that's when I fell in love with the Onion. I have a coaster from college that said, so much news, your fucking head will explode. Oh, from yeah. the onion. From yeah. the really, onion. I yeah. have a coasters, coasters that say don't fuck up the table. There you go. Yeah. I like that. That's so weird that it's, she would have that I in know. her house. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, <laughs> anyway, so, imposter right. syndrome. Okay. I think I feel like an imposter pretending we know how to do a podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Oh. We are starting with a fantastic factoid. I know. Do you know what else imposter syndrome is called? It is called fraud syndrome. And Um, after a systematic review of 62 studies published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine, it suggested up to 82% of people may experience imposter-type feelings. It is not recognized as a mental illness in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And here's why I think that is, because we're going to talk about this a lot. Being sad is also not a diagnosable illness in the DSM-5. <laughs> and to me, imposter syndrome, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing what it, what it is, but to me, it's just a big case of self-doubt. Welcome to Becky's big case, big lack of fucks here. Yeah, yeah. Today, here it is. No, I really syndrome. care about it, but I just don't, it's, no, it's not diagnosable. It's not a diagnosable illness. Right. So... I don't know. Whatever. Thanks, Brody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Imposter syndrome was first introduced in 1978. I didn't know it was that until you gave me this research. Yeah. Um, In an article, The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention. That sounds like a a Dr. Freud thing. But no, but right. It's uh, Dr. Pauline Rose Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes. Right. I don't know. So what are some signs of this? Let's talk about it. Let's do. Yeah, let's. It's frequently associated with generalized anxiety disorder and social anxiety disorder or both or all of the above. And that makes sense to me. Right. Right. And again, you have self-doubt regarding your past, your current, or maybe your future experiences. Right. So in other words, you can have like a diagnosable yes. generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah. Right. And you can ex- be experiencing the characteristics of imposter disorder. Because I can see this going with depression, too. Right. Like, when are the people at work going to discover that I don't know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. When you really do. Right. You just feel poopy about yourself. Exactly. You experience a persistent fear, and this is exactly what you just said. People are going to find me out, and they're going to know that I'm a fraud, even if that person is experiencing objective success, like doing very well at their job, they still feel this way. Mm-hmm. No objectivity is going to talk None. them out of so it. So are nope. you saying that this is like an an ongoing 
someone said, well, imposter syndrome, I guess. Right. Is it an ongoing thing where they always feel this way or is it situational? Because I can say that I've in situations I have felt this way. Right. It can no, be both. I think it can be both. Yeah. Mm. And both are very treatable. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm going to go on Team Becky. If it's a long-term thing, that just sounds like low self-esteem to me. It can be I both. I wasn't born yesterday. It can, I mean, yeah, this is be a fancy word for low self-esteem. <laughs> Got to get up pretty just, early in the morning. Oh, you know what? Just wait. There's more, Brody. <laughs> okay. I'm going I'm to bring you over to the dark side. Okay. When you achieve success. Brand, shut yeah, up. Shut the hell up. You know why I sent you the, the emoji with the cat with yeah, the whip? Uh, okay. Hello. The word, this is it. Yep. I need a cat suit. Sorry, sorry, Dr. Fran. I know. When you achieve success, you attribute it to luck or it's a fluke and you might actually feel relief or even distress instead of happiness and pride. No good can come of that. No. You look for validation in authority figures like a boss or a parent and you give them the power to define your success. Mm-hmm. And that's like 10,000 years ago. Do anybody remember the term external locus of control? We learned about that in grad school mm-hmm. yeah. in the year 2000. Right. And what you, <laughs> oh God, here it goes. I'm just going to let it go, people. Okay. It's where people don't feel like they have a lot of control over their lives. And so they're basically handing that over to authority f- figures or other people rather than getting that internally. Right. Which okay. sounds exhausting for both people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So when have you ever, Brody, felt or experienced imposter syndrome? So I, uh, for those who know me, I had a, uh, where even mildly successful seems like a stretch, but I started a brewery about four or five years, five, six years ago now. Mm -hmm. And it never really got off the ground, but it was my decision amongst our partners to do what we can with what we have. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just scrappy and, and do it. And that, that is fun for a while until you go to like a trade show or a beer festival with all these other guys who, you know, are where you want to be, Mm -hmm. but you are, portraying yourself as their equal, but everybody knows that you're, you're not when really none of them cared, but, um, some of those beer festivals really hard for me because Mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted to play the game. I wanted to be at their level. I was not and had doubts if I ever was going to be. Mm -hmm. And in, in truth, never got there, but I, I went and I did it. And then that's it. So I guess maybe that's a feather in my cap, but, um, but yeah, those specific instances, I, I did not feel like I belonged there, mm-hmm. even though none of the people in that scenario, excuse me, whatever say that nobody ever said anything. Right, no one ever right. said, Oh, you'll get there or whatever. Like they were all cool guys and whatever, but it was, it was a struggle. It yeah. was, mm-hmm. uh, it, it took it. I, most of the way there was pretty anxiety ridden and you, I mean, you just do it and it, it's fine. So, but yeah, yeah. it was, it was tough. I yeah. think a lot of people could relate to that. Too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So imposter syndrome happens when you disregard your talents and abilities, especially when presented with an amazing opportunity. Which is really sad because mm-hmm. you think about it. What if you get like this, let's say you get this opportunity to join a new business or something and all, you're just ridden with all of these feelings of like, I'm not enough. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a fraud. You can't even enjoy it. Right, you can't right. even appreciate this big gift you've been given, which is sad. That's what happens with low self-esteem. Yep. 
Oh, here we go. No sarcasm <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> no, that's a truthful statement. Okay. Have you ever experienced any of the following after being presented with an exciting opportunity? So here are common thoughts like, what was I thinking? Like, why would I ever agree to do do this? Like, for example, Becky, public speaking, podcasting. I don't even know what yeah. imposter syndrome is. Believe me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and here you are. Yeah. Doing it and doing it and yeah. doing it well. Uh. Um, I'm not good enough. And again, I think this is something that a lot of us can relate to, mm-hmm. um, where somebody asks you to maybe be part of a discussion panel or mm-hmm. something like that. And you're like, why are they asking me to be a part of this? Mm-hmm. Everyone will realize I'm a fraud. Mm-hmm. Remember that old Adam Sandler? And by old, I mean the 90s oh. uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler album, They're All Gonna Laugh at You. Yes. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one? No, I remember I that. I don't remember it. I do remember yeah, that. because your kids had it. had it, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> had to throw that in. Um, if I try this... Oh, wait. Before I go on to that one, have you ever looked at anybody and went, fraud! Fraud! I no, but I'd like to. That. I really want to start. Yeah, I've never done it's it in been, real life, but yeah. I have thought that about certain people. Yeah, but it's been extreme, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think we look at other people around us very often. Correct. So I think a lot of people that deal with this, and you said it earlier, there's really nothing to back it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, that's it, just it. Okay. No, what I'm saying is this is how they feel, but if we look at facts, there's no facts to support that right. self-thought. Right. Yeah. And that thought is critical throughout this whole thing. Is yeah. it fact? Yeah. Or is it something that you're just telling yourself in your head? Right. Um, another thing you might tell yourself is, if I try this, I will fail. To which I always say, and what if you do? Perfect example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your brewery technically failed. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But was it a failure? No. Mm-mm. You know, what you learned from that Correct. and what it led you to yep. is where you're supposed to be right now. Right. And even more importantly, would you consider yourself a failure because it failed? No, I mean, and that's mm-hmm. a very, it's a very fine line. And it's, I guess it, it depends on the day. Some days, yes, it, okay. it did feel like and that's that. fair. Um, but, but no, I can objectively look at it and see, this is what I took from that. And these are the relationships I've built. And here's how the, that has. And look where you're at today with the market yeah. and Pheasant Canteen Studio and right. um, the Ingalls Place. Right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Event center. God, I could not think of the word event to save my life. Yeah. And speaking of public speaking, we'll just put a feather in, in Becky's cap. Uh-oh. She is the, she's the, and I'm going to mess it up. Her and her husband are co-chairs for the fundraiser, the United Way yeah. fundraiser campaign this year. Yeah, yeah. We were the 2021 co-chairs. Yeah. 2021. She gave a very, her, okay. Uh oh. She gave a, a pretty good speech last night. Her husband brought the house down. Oh, he's now, so eloquent. He is awesome. It, he did a very. It's almost like they rehearsed it, but I don't think oh, he did. Oh heavens, no! Oh, yeah. it was it was great. It's Aww. funny you say that, and I'm going to make Jim listen to this now because yeah. afterwards uh, we went out with um, the executive director and his assistant of the United Way, and he said so. Throughout this, what you have to do is you go to different businesses and you explain to the employees the importance of it and blah blah blah. And you're like ambassadors mm-hmm. for it, and he always did really. Jim always did really well with those, but he said he was so nervous last night that he was he didn't know what to say which threw me off because like I said he always did do a ton of talking and it's like there's 30 seconds here's Becky um and he like talked like not a lot really and then well no he talked I mean you all didn't like 
ramble, ramble on, yeah. but but no, it was but it was, was short like, and it was sweet. He talked longer than you did, I thought, maybe yeah. not, but uh, and he but was yeah. so nervous. And he goes, "Oh, it didn't show." He goes, all. "I just, I'm afraid people are going to think like this was a dumb thing to even listen to." And, mm. and we were all like, "You did great!" So it's funny yes. you say that he, during this topic because he, did, he right. did spectacular. Your, the way you played off each other was was great. Yeah, so. welcome to our marriage. Yes, right? I was just going to say that's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you, Brody. So this ties in with the next thought about that imposter syndrome often is correlated with the belief that everyone is harshly evaluating you. You know, mm-hmm. they're just thinking I'm an idiot or they think I'm not doing well. Well, and why shouldn't people feel that way? If you listen to our our podcast on social media, it's right. I mean, we're constantly <laughs> comparing ourselves. Yes. To our, I mean, why wouldn't we think that? Right. Yep. The belief that everyone else isn't a fraud, but just me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The belief that you were chosen by accident or luck. I hear this a lot. And I'm always saying to people, like, really, there was nobody else in the organization they could have given this award promotion mm-hmm. responsibility to. Or it's such a responsibility they gave it to you knowing you were going to screw it up. Like, does that make any sense right, at all? Exactly. But that's how you feel. That's mm-hmm. how you feel. Or the belief that you always have to be perfect, which you guys, perfection doesn't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. Yeah. Let it go. I remember one time I read a magazine ad, like this was in 1921, about beauty. I think it was about Brooke Shields because she mm. at the time, I mean, she just was perfect. Was she and her, was it Jardash? Maybe. I Jordash don't remember. Jeans. Yeah. But the article basically mm-hmm. said perfection is boring. Yeah. It really is. Well, I went to a two-day seminar on anxiety where he said uh, perfection is non-existent. Mm -hmm. If you have a perfectly pitched game, baseball game, you will have a team that got no hits. Right. If you look at the big picture, you step back. It's not perfect. Yeah. Sounds like just a way to rain on someone's parade. (laughs) (laughs) That was the point of throwing a (laughs) no-hitter. Maybe he didn't understand how, because they did not play a perfect game at all. So, I mean. The belief that you have to accomplish everything yourself without asking for any help, without getting support, without tutoring or mentoring, and that if you have to get support, then that really makes you not worthy of any achievement you get. And to me, this is so... It doesn't make sense with how I operate because I totally respect people that are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And I love picking their brain and being like, oh, well, you are a master of this. Well, teach me how you do that. Tell yeah. me what you've learned about that. Mm-hmm. I don't even see it as like asking for help. I see it as like, I'm just curious. I want to learn. I think that's a beautiful thing. It also, if you ask for help, it builds in social support and connections that yeah. you might never have have. Required. Right. And if you ask for help, you make that other person feel valued and worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what a great gift you're giving to the person you're asking for yes. help from. So um, you might you might believe that if talents and abilities don't come to you naturally, then you're not truly talented or worthy, which how many people truly, I mean, I think you're born with gifts, but even those people born with gifts have to work at them. Mm-hmm. They can't just go, oh, well, you know, like I look at my daughter, she's one. Does that mean she's a great basketball player? No, she's just tall. And if she wants to be a great basketball player, she has to work at that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like you're holding back on this Becky's TED talk about why no. imposter syndrome is bullshit. Like I just want to unleash just, you. I just don't like the title. I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm holding back a little bit. 
Because to me, um, one of the best interventions you're going to have for imposter syndrome is cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. So I'm just holding back until we get to that part. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. As Becky said, almost every talented individual not only has to practice, but they have multiple setbacks along the way. I mean, that's part yes. of becoming even greater and greater is experiencing those things and learning from them. You know, and I always tell people, although these are like Fran examples, um, that Albert Einstein, <laughs> I mean, he was labeled like basically I stupid. I went to church with him every day. <laughs> up and Loved his hair. We all thought he was a little screwy in the head, but turns out, pretty smart fellow. But he was but really great in bed. Or... <laughs> I am sorry, late Mrs. Einstein. That's terrible. <laughs> I'll tell you about uh, E equals MC squared. <laughs> but then I think Michael Jordan, right? Right. Cut from the basketball team. Yes. Cut from the basketball team. There's actually, and if Jim Cook, the NDSU Bison um, like authority were here, he could tell you people that have walked on. Um, and well, even one of them is from our own Warner Um Derek Tuska, who now plays, God, is he, I think he's with the Steelers Pittsburgh now. Steelers, yeah. Yeah. He was one of their practice players. Mm. And then they saw that he was actually good enough to be like offered a contract to. Mm. Awesome. So, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Okay. Um, you might shame yourself if you're unable to easily complete all items on your to-do list. Blech. You'll be shitting all over yourself. Mm, like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, so common behavioral reactions for with people with imposter syndrome is they over-prepare to impress others. So rather than studying for five hours, they study for five days. Right. Or procrastinating and panicking about procrastinating. And people procrastinating and perfectionism go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. They are really good friends. And that is totally tied into and anxiety, right? Yeah, absolutely you it know? is. When you're waiting to the last minute and then you're freaking out and panicking mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah. And then if you're really good at it, this was me. I would do like the 3 a.m. paper mm -hmm. and I'd get a really good grade on it. Yes. So now it's being rewarded. My yeah. procrastination. Yeah. It's a vicious circle. Right? You got to do the 3 a.m. paper the week before. Yeah. I would stay grad school. I would stay up all night or not grad school, but in undergrad, I would stay up all night long and write all my term papers. Oh, and wow. then I'd sleep in the next day and give it like a day or two. And normally there'd be a glass of scotch involved. To, to get it, <laughs> right. get it How fancy and, he was. We were drinking Boone's Farm, but not Brody. He had the scotch. Right. That's right. Maybe that was grad school. But <laughs> and then and then you give it a couple days and then you edit everything. Yeah. And then, oh sure. And then you're done. I mean, I was, that's actually a really good idea. It is yeah, a good I know. idea. Yeah. I'm super smart. I guess. I didn't mean to say actually. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Brody, who would have guessed? Who would have thunk? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Fran. Yes. Let's talk about Northern State University for okay, a second. Because we're both grads and yeah. we both love that program. We do. Okay, here's I'm, I have a little bit of envy going on though. Okay, let me hear. They have a forensic counseling subspecialty. What? I know. You and I both know that with my love of investigation discovery yeah. and I recently got certified as a first responder counselor, yeah. I would have been all over that in a freaking heartbeat. Oh, yeah. You get certified to work with victims, first responders, perpetrators, and that's not all of the cool things that you can do at NSU. Well, you know what? If you're a research nerd like Dr. Fran, you can totally hook up with faculty and you can do research and you can go to presentations. And we're talking about presenting at conferences like the SDCA. Grant money is also available. Guess what? They're still accepting apps for the fall of 2022. So just go to www.northern.edu.
Hey, it's Brody, producer of Shrink Wrap. Just wanted to let you know that you can now purchase all kinds of great Shrink Wrap merch over on their bonfire site. We're talking mugs, water bottles, sweatshirts, t-shirts, tote bags, all of it. From the sassy to the regular, you got some great Shrink Wrap merch over on Bonfire. Head to the Facebook page to find the link or search Shrink Wrap Podcast on bonfire.com. And now, back to the episode. Increasing superstitious behaviors like wearing or not wearing a particular item of clothing to ensure success. I don't agree with this at all. Anytime we present, I wear my favorite pair of earrings. Do you really? I, I do. Do you, notice that. do you have them on today? I don't. I didn't oh. wear them today. I See, wear them no, a lot when we record. This is why we can't stay focused because you don't have the damn earrings you on. You got the bad juju in it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I smudged before I left my office, though. Um, we'll talk about that on a different episode, Brody, because I know you'll love to hear He'll more about that. it. Desiring to escape or withdraw from the feared situation or avoiding anyone who reminds you of the specific situation. And that is when people with anxiety get really upset with me because what makes anxiety or in this case, imposter syndrome grow? Avoidance. Avoidance. Yeah. So anytime you might receive negative feedback, you say, see, there's proof. I suck. I'm not good enough. And no matter how much positive feedback you receive, you just dismiss it. You don't pay attention to it. It's the one negative thing you cannot let go of. And if anybody listening right now is a client or former client of mine, this was the Pac-Man drawing I did for you on my whiteboard. So, and they'll all know what I'm talking about. Okay, that's cool. It's so ugly, but it gets the point across. (laughs) Okay. Common examples, you don't speak up in meetings for fear of not having something smart enough to say. You might develop potentially self-sabotaging coping strategies like procrastination or substance abuse. You might constantly feel the pressure to work harder than everybody around you to prove your worth. I have to tell you guys what I said in a meeting one time at Northern State University, and I can't believe I didn't get fired. Okay. I had literally looked at the guy and said, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> Were you talking about the guy? Yeah, there's a lot no, no, of context no, no. there. So he was like, I, and he was an interim something or another, and he's like, we're going to do this program. I'm just going to say what it was because it was so ridiculous. He wanted people in student affairs, um, which is like your counseling, your student activities, those sorts of things, res life, to go into classrooms and c- critique instructors. <laughs> Right. Because I wouldn't. I mean, I don't. I And this is what I told him. I said, I don't want an instructor coming into a counseling session and critiquing me. And he's like, oh, I think I think if we present this the right way, I think they're going to be really appreciative of what we offer them. And I said, you can't polish a turd. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, oh, boy, did I really just say that? But you can't. Okay. well, there you go. All right. Persistent physical anxiety reactions are often associated with imposter syndrome, like the increased heart rate. Shallow breathing. Um, please know that any sort of anxious breathing is going to come from your chest, and that's the shallow breathing. Sweaty palms. Muscle tension. And difficulty staying or falling asleep. Has anybody ever told you that you wear your shoulders like earrings? Because I hear that all the time. That muscle tension, like they're just... I, you know, they haven't told me that, but like when I go get a massage, mm-hmm. that is always the area that is so stiff. They're and, like granite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Terrible. So what causes imposter syndrome? Where does this come from? Well, not being good enough, obviously. <laughs> yeah. If you would just try harder, <laughs> right. we wouldn't even have to do this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> There's the empathy coming out. And this is why Brody runs the market. <laughs> Remember, 
he did work a suicide hotline yeah, for a year that, and a half, that's so right. that's great. Yep. Um, it's likely the result of multiple factors, including personality traits such as perfectionism and family background. And one theory is that imposter syndrome is rooted in families that value achievement above all else. And so there's a difference between wanting your, your kids to do their best mm-hmm. and only valuing that about them. All right, Becky, I'm fully in your camp now. Thank you. Uh, yep. I'm sitting here listening to this and this just seems like poor self. I mean, all of this, especially when it comes down to the high achieving families and all that, yep. it's just, it's just low self-esteem. I don't, I, mean, I don't think that's necessarily true because let me give you an example. Let's say you have somebody, I'll take someone in the counseling program, the great, fantastic Northern State University counseling program. Yes, all right. Ma'am. They don't have a bunch of anxiety. They don't have depression. They have pretty good self-esteem. Okay. But they're really conscientious. It really matters to them to want to do well. Then they get out in the field and they're seeing their first clients and they feel like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I really want to do well. What if I mess up? They can experience full on. Oh, oh, so then they're a human being? Like, oh God, here we go. no, I'm with no, them. I'm like, right? what you're describing is self doubt, and that's imposter syndrome and is self doubt. Being in a new situation and yeah, just. I, yeah. Hey, I did not create this, the terminology. No, you did not. Right? You did not. I'm just, and it, and here's why I feel Are so passionate. Here's why I feel so passionately about this. I think sometimes we can, as humans, mm-hmm. get really invested in having to have something really, really wrong with us. Totally. Mm. And there are times, you guys, when just like what Brody just said, it's called being human. Yes. A counseling program, I don't care how great it is, doesn't prepare you for your first counseling session. It lays a nice framework, Mm -hmm. but they can't prepare you for everything that's going to walk in a door. They can just give you the skills to handle it all pretty doggone well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's anything. I don't think if you're an accountant, I don't think anything prepares you for the first time you get a wonky audit where people are embezzling. I think you're like, did I really see that? Maybe I didn't see that. What if I pointed out and people are accusing me and and what if I'm wrong? And then now I've accused somebody of stealing, but they didn't. So I think whatever, it's a part of the human condition. And I think back to um, an art or an interview I read with um, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, I think she, we can universally agree, she's pretty cool. Yeah. And she said um, she often feels like a dork. And she said, what if we just, when we introduced each other, because we all feel like dorks, said, hi, my name is Reese and I feel like a dork. I'm a dork. Mm-hmm. And then the other person's like, hey, I'm Becky. I'm also a dork. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Nobody's judging you because we're also insecure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing to remember. Right. And why I personally can do a lot of the jackass things I do, because I don't think I'm any more, any less of a jackass than most people. I might just act on it more. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I don't think you're a jackass, but I do oh, I love, can be, though. I do love how you're normalizing this because that is one of the points of this podcast is yeah. to normalize a lot of this stuff and really be honest with each other that this isn't so unusual. Right. And I don't want people to hear what I'm saying and go, oh, great. Now, Becky thinks I'm an imposter at imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want that to happen. I just right. want you. This is something that's treatable and human. Right. So who would be most susceptible to imposter syndrome? Everybody listening to this now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've just ruined it. Now that I'm sweating (laughs) under my armpits. Okay. It's been shown to affect everyone from the most successful CEO to a college freshman. Really people that are very driven and conscientious are just as vulnerable as people who are just not that way. It's everybody. It is everybody. And you know, the other thing that 
I read about that I never thought about this. We always kind of um, kind of slot it into a job or a career or that kind of thing, but that's not true. You mm-hmm. can experience being a new parent and oh, have absolutely. it, right? Yes. Or sake. what if you're dating somebody and you think they are the absolute creme de la creme, whatever, yeah. and you feel like you're not good enough for them. Right. You can experience sort of an imposter syndrome. Like I, I, I'm a fraud being with this person. Yeah. I'm not good enough for them. Low self-esteem. Right. Yeah. Yep. You can experience low self-esteem anywhere. Many no, settings. But wait, I want to, I want to just go off that for a little bit though. Cause you know, if we talk about it in terms of a job, mm-hmm. right? Cause you have like CEOs listed here and we always think CEOs are big and powerful and amazing, mm-hmm. which a lot of times they are. Um, but I think anybody in any job is going to tell you that there are times when they don't exactly know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if you know what you're doing all the time with every situation that ever comes across your desk in your job, then maybe you're not growing and maybe you're not being challenged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Or you're not being honest with yourself or other people. I mean, one of my biggest, one of the things I cannot stand are Mm know-it-alls. People that absolutely have to be right and pretend like they know everything, you know damn well they don't, Mm -hmm. right? But they would never they could mansplain parenting to you. Yes. Or mansplain listening. Right. Yes, I've had that happen. I can't believe that. So there's this theory, and I'm... Well, Simon Sinek wrote a book called The Infinite Game. If you don't know who Simon Sinek is, he's... Don't. Uh, don't? I, no, don't? I don't know. Oh, you don't know who I he is? I don't know who really? he is. No. So it, his his first book was Find Your Why or Know Your Why. Okay. And so it's like you're... We all go into life and and you do things a certain way because of this why. This is your reason for, for doing or for being or for doing the things you do. So, uh, and then he wrote another book called The Infinite Game where he relates it to business, though. That when you play baseball, for instance, there is a there's a finite set of rules and players and scoring and the game starts and stops at certain times and that's it. And it's a finite game in life and in business. It's the infinite game. It never stops. The players can come in and out at any time. The rules can change at any time. The scoring can change at any time. Mm-hmm. And you, your strategy then has to change. So when you approach business with the infinite mindset, then I, the only person I have to beat today was me yesterday. Mm, I like yeah, that. Right? It takes yes. all of this other bullshit out of it that I don't have to worry about the two other coffee shops that just got announced that are coming to town. Mm-hmm. That That's right. I forgot about. I only have to worry about me right? and and what is how I'm playing my game because right. they can come in and out. I'm here. I'm playing it for the long haul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's I mean, it's I kind of forgot where I was going with this. But they, with that mindset, I think it's just a lot easier to tune out all of this other. I'm not good yeah. enough because I only have to beat myself. Yeah. And but it, you can't be a know it all. In that, you, right, yeah, in that regard, right. because every day is a fresh day, right? Yep. Fresh lessons. You have to problem solve. You have yep. to look at a whole different set of circumstances and situations. So, yeah, you can't be a know-it-all. Yep. One of the books you made me think of, and I had to Google the author, um, Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clear yep. is a great, great book on how tiny little changes can have really big impacts. And you don't have to, you don't have to know it all. Right. Listen to the people who are around you, too. Yeah. 
So we can associate women more with imposter syndrome, although I don't think that's the case. But who are some women, Becky, that are well known that might have it? Um, you know, some of the people that have spoken out about it, Tina Fey, which just blows my mind because I adore her mm-hmm. as an actress, an author, producer, um, a mom. Mm-hmm. She has a, I just love her. She's hilarious. And Michelle Obama. And well, I cannot think of the name of her. Do- I'm not thinking of anything today. Her uh, documentary on Netflix that oh, was about yeah. her, her, um, when she wrote that book. Oh, that's a really good documentary Beco- to watch. Becoming? Becoming is the name of the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So good book, good documentary. Right. Um, and But it can be both genders. And so we talked about um, Albert Einstein earlier. Um, Neil Tennant and Neil Gaiman also have talked about having an imposter syndrome, but I don't know who those two are. Oh, my God. You don't know who Neil Gaiman is? No. Yeah. So he, well, there was just a show on Netflix. No, Amazon or Hulu, uh, Good Omens. He wrote that. He wrote the Anansi Boys. He wrote um, mm-hmm. the Sandman, which is like a really. Uh, it was like the most dense graphic novel I've ever ever read. Really, mm-hmm. Ameri- oh, American Gods was a show on Showtime. I'm thinking for a of bit. Sa- Sandman. Though sounds familiar. Sa- yeah, Sandman is a is a comic. It's pretty like the oh. art is phenomenal. And now they're creating. They just did a Audible did a, a fully casted. Oh, wow. Uh, rendition of it. And then now they're making it into, I think, an HBO. It might be series. one of those things where if I look up his name, then I'll be like, oh. oh. If you like sci-fi, it's it's kind of sci-fi. It's kind of fantasy, but it's okay. really well done. American Gods is a phenomenal book. Mm. Um, most of his stuff is fantastic. So That's yeah. incredible. And he has had imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. reportedly. Um, though men experience imposter syndrome due to gender norms, they may be less likely to talk about it. And I think that's something that we really have to give attention to that. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to feel like you have it. It's another thing to feel like you can't talk about it. Like I'm not allowed to have self doubt. Uh, right? The parenting thing hit me. So I stayed home with my, when our first daughter was born, I stayed home for a year with her. And even in living in St. Louis, there were no dad groups mm-hmm. and oh, sure. even going to the mall and like trying to like, here, let your kid go, go around. I mean, the, the moms would pull their kids cause I'm, I'm a man with a baby like and a beard and a beard. So like, how weird is that? <laughs> I and, don't know. Um, even, even down to when you, and maybe you two have never experienced this, but I got tennis elbow really bad oh, from yeah. holding yes but it's called in that stage of life it's called mommy elbow mm. which is oh. so fucking pejorative yeah. yeah and so it i struggled a lot with that even just yeah. the way we talk about daddy daycare right mr if, mom mr mom it just drives me bonkers but it eats at you yeah and and so yeah yeah i i felt that hard that right. makes sense So research is pretty sparse, but one group particularly vulnerable to imposter syndrome are minorities, um, which makes sense Mm -hmm. because they already feel discriminated against. um, And LGBTQ population, um, many people in that population already doubt themselves. And, you know, society tells them you really don't belong. So you don't even have to have self-doubt in that scenario. You will have people tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So how can you deal with it? Question yourself. Every time you have a negative thought about your abilities or you wonder if you're qualified, pause and ask yourself, is this thought actually based in fact or fear? Does this thought help or hinder me? Fact or fear, baby. Yeah. And I I take it a step further and I'm like, if you had to go in front of a judge and like literally prove to him or her beyond a doubt that this is true, could you be able to do it? Not can you convince yourself Mm because that's easy, Yeah, but somebody who has no skin in the game. Yeah. 
Tell yourself it's unreasonable to expect that you should be able to do everything perfectly without having any setbacks and without asking for help. I mean, come on, not reasonable. And embrace success. Write down every success, big or small, and allow them to resonate emotionally. This practice will give you a realistic picture of your accomplishments and help affirm your self-worth. This one I think is really critical. You know, talk to somebody about it if you're feeling this way. If you need to talk to a friend or a mentor. And what I found really helpful, like just starting in the counseling profession, is Mm -hmm. talking to other people that had been in the profession as 10 years in, right? Mm -hmm. It was so reassuring to hear from them. Of course, I felt like an imposter the first five years. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Until you meet that, you get to that peak time of performance in your career and That is just so reassuring Mm -hmm. and, um, why struggle alone? Well, Why? even as, as something as simple as I was talking with a mom the other day, they have a child who's graduating. Their oldest is graduating. And she's like, I should know what to do for a graduation party, but I don't I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. And I said, how should you know that? Where yeah. in that non-existent parenting manual does it tell us how to do that? But I said, here's what you can do. Who do you have in your circle, whether it's friends or family, that have recently gone through a graduation? Yes. And just say to them, what do you, what do you, what are you glad you did? What do you wish you wouldn't have done? Can you help me with this? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my best friend can help with that. Mm -hmm. Just reach out for support and mentorship. Yeah. Um, Show self-compassion for the love of God, people. Be nice with yourself. Mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy, one of my favorites, and I just sprinkle in mindfulness with it, um, helps people reflect on their feelings and foster a more compassionate constructive way of relating to themselves. Um, It's become a popular approach to overcoming imposter syndrome. And I'm going to give a shout out right now. There is a book called The Thoughts and Feelings Handbook, and you can get it on Amazon. And it's uh, written by fifth edition, Matthew McKay, Patrick Fanning, and Martha Davis. And it Mm -hmm. is, I've been using this book for 20 years. I see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is phenomenal. And you can get it off Amazon. It walks you through, do you have depression? Do you have anxiety? Do you have self-doubt? Do you have procrastination? And you can come up with a treatment plan. It'll tell you which chapters to do in which order, depending on what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So the Thoughts and Feelings Handbook, Patrick Fanning, Matthew McKay, Martha Davis. Excellent. So, I mean, what are some examples, Becky, of self-compassionate statements, Mm -hmm. things that we should just be telling ourselves or someone in having imposter syndrome characteristics, what should they tell themselves? You know, like when I've done public speaking and I've been doing it for years, undoubtedly many times I will get in my car and go, did I really say that? Regardless of what that is. Oh, yeah. Um, where you, and, and I think we've all been in that position too. So that's a self compassionate self statement, right? Mm-hmm. We've all been in that position where you said something and then you're like, where did that come from? That was like the dumbest thing I could have said in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, I don't know. Other people have probably said dumber things or as dumb things. So, or, Nobody probably even noticed mm-hmm. the way you think they did. Mm-hmm. Or I did the very best I could. Mm-hmm. And my personal favorite, I release all fear and doubt. Yeah, I love that one. What do you tell yourself, Brody? <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep, <laughs> <laughs> just keep paddling I, those feet. Paddle, I don't paddle, know. Paddle. I, I mean, I don't normally think back on things I've said, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, And I'm in a season right now where it is just nose to the grindstone, put your head down and Mm -hmm. keep going because you can't change the things that you've done. So just keep. I mean, have you ever parented even 
in a way, like oh, in a situation yeah. where you're like, oh my gosh, that was not the right way to handle oh, that. Oh man, there are several times, especially earlier on when uh, you discipline or something or make a threat and then you look at your wife and be like, we can't deliver on that. Yeah, like we, right. We just played our whole hand here yep. and yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> They're going to think I'm yeah. a total chump if I got to walk back that grounding. But So yeah. it's easy to say that was a total bad dad moment. Yeah. But what do you tell yourself instead? It, I mean, I I think even just, especially with kids, to be like, you know what? That was a mistake. I should not have said that, and I should mm-hmm. not have done that, and so we're going to change and keep 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 okay, on going or whatever. I'm going to push you, Brody, okay. so that's what you tell your kids. Yep. So when it's all said and done and you're alone with your thoughts, what do you tell yourself? I don't know that I get as down on myself, oh, I good. think, be, because I, I'm fully aware I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I am I am rooted in that fact and okay. I guess kind of comfortable with it that I I don't know what I'm doing and I make most of it up as I go or I'm or I'm asking for help. I'm not trying to sound like super enlightened or anything but no. you know especially in the in the in business route like this has been a really weird year and a really hard year and I've learned a ton but the way that it's been able to keep going is I don't know all the things mm-hmm. so help come alongside me these people who may not know all the things either but they know some of the things I don't know yeah. or at least they can help me figure that out um, that's a beautiful self-compassionate statement yeah right. it's, I mean and especially like parenting I asked it was our daughter was six hours old. I said, when should we feed? Uh, There's a lactation consultant or something. I said, when do we feed her? They're like, well, do you have a camera on your phone? I said, yeah. Well, there's a picture behind you. Take a picture of that. And it's like, when the child is awake with arms and legs moving, I'm like, are you fucking serious? I'm asking for some actual advice here. (laughs) So So I think we, even with my wife being an OBGYN, we knew we had no idea what we were doing as far as parenting. But what you're not saying though, what I think you say to yourself is, and that's okay. And th- and that's okay. Yeah. How how were we supposed to know? Yeah. Okay, can I make a guess at this? Yeah. So you say that's okay, and then you shut the door, and then you have a bag of top of the tater, and then you have crumbs <laughs> in your beard, right? Top of the tater comes in a tub, but yes. <laughs> I've never had it. <sighs> By the way, it's a travesty. I kicked a listener off our podcast. I did. Why? She had the audacity to say to me, I hate to do this to you and Brody, but... Top the tater is not that good. So, I don't know because I never she's tried an it. FOD. She's a hurt person, and I'm sorry for whatever <laughs> she's going through. But I won't say her name, but she <laughs> she knows who she is. Okay, All so right. I shut the door and with his top, you the tater. grab your trough of top of the uh-huh, tater, yeah, right, and you tell yourself, "I'm okay. It's okay. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough. <laughs> God, 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 it, people, people like, like me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe few and far between, but it's, it, I, I don't know. I think I just kind of, I got to keep rolling. Like this infinite mindset thing is something I've been working on for, I don't know, a year. And it's, it's helpful. It, I think it fits with mindfulness quite a bit probably. Yeah. And it just, Sounds this, like it. yeah, the sense that I, I can't change that and the rules are going to change tomorrow anyway. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta, you just gotta keep going. As long as I can be better than I was yesterday, mm-hmm. then that's, that's good enough. That's good enough. That's- I got a beautiful woman who loves me. My kids are uh, well-mannered and smart. So, and my business is still standing. So let's just keep going. I like that. I do too. Normalize it. People listen to this statement. People who are intelligent, talented, creative, sensitive, kind, and successful are likely to face imposter syndrome more than others. So you're in good company. Yep. It is usually the conscientious 
you know, talented, smart humans. Right. And this, I always think of um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, because in there he says, we are the only... um, Human, not humans, the only creatures, creatures yeah. yeah, that have the ability to self-evaluate thoughts. Mm. So like when a monkey flings poop, it doesn't sit back and go, why did I fling that poop? <laughs> yeah. It just does it. Yeah. But we self-evaluate and it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Um, value self-care. So do the things that replenish your energy. Be sure you're taking care of yourself because when you're run down or when you're overextended, it becomes easier for those thoughts, those self-doubt thoughts to play again and again and again through your head. Right. And if you feel, and only if you feel like the imposter syndrome, just like the COVID, we're making fun of the word the, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, putting it before the COVID diarrhea. My dad calls it the marijuana. (laughs) Those kids were smoking the marijuana. I saw it on the Facebook. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Now we call it the COVID. Yeah. So if you feel imposter syndrome is really creating really painful distress and you're not functioning like you normally would, you're not sleeping, then therapy, baby. Yeah. Or even if you're, I mean, you can still be sleeping no matter what level of distress, please reach out. And even though I gave you the name of that really great book, I still recommend people work through that book with a therapist Mm -hmm. because you can get stuck on some things and we can kind of help you navigate it. So therapy, baby. Um, We have some sources for today, Psychology Today. Uh, was one of them, the today.com, the, you got me doing it now, the the today.com. There's no www in our world anymore. It's the dot today.com. There you go. Psych.com. And two books you might want to check out, The Imposter Cure, and the next one is Own Your Greatness, Overcome Imposter Syndrome, Beat Self-Doubt, and Succeed in Life. Everybody, thanks for listening to us ramble today and pretend that we're podcast people. And please lock the door Please lock the door. (laughs) You guys were the shrinks. And that's a wrap.